This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. We're back on Reporters Without Orders with a panel of young journalists. I'm Abhinandan Sekhri. As you must have heard in the opening sting, this is a News Laundry podcast. I will plug our subscription demand right at the outset. Do subscribe, support independent media. As you might have noticed, many news websites across the world and now in India too are asking for subscriptions because they also believe that you cannot survive without subscriptions and advertisers will not support news in the long run. We've been saying this for five years, maybe six. So about time you guys heard us. Thank you. Now, on our panel, we have joining us on the phone line from Kashmir, uh, Nidhi. Hi, Nidhi. Hi, Minaman. Hello. Okay. And we have back freshly Karara from Phulpur and Gorakhpur, Amit. Hello. How was your trip? It was good. Okay, very good. We'll hear lots of um, on-ground action that he will not probably write in a story here. We have Rohin. Hello. And we have Cherry. Hello. Sehla, who used to handle campus politics, has moved on and has decided to pursue higher education. I don't know what is it with higher education children these days. We graduation. However, good luck to her. And may she get all the success in the world. So let's start with you, Nidhi. Yeah. A, what, uh, you also um, sent a report from Kashmir post the killing of those militants. Yes, that was in Shabaya last week. Yeah. We spoke about it on the last podcast. Yeah, what has happened since? Um, since a lot more has happened. Nothing to do with Shabaya actually. Because yesterday was a big day here in Kashmir, uh, I think around 11-ish, I was just heading to an office space from where I work and realized that the internet lines have been completely snapped. There was absolutely no mobile data around Srinagar. Um, so yesterday morning, three militants again were gunned down in Anantnag. One of them, Aisa uh, Fazli, was from Srinagar. So all the educational institutions were shut down. They were supposed to reopen last week and then because of the Shapaya killings, they were shut down. Uh, and once again, they've been shut down. I think only on Saturday was one working day for schools and colleges here in Kashmir. Fazli is all, there are rumors, I mean, some of the reports say that he is an ISIS recruit, but there's been no confirmation, so we have not claimed that he's an ISIS recruit just as yet. Apart from that, there was also Hasid Rabu, who was dropped from the Council of Ministers of PDP. He was a finance minister because of a comment he made in New Delhi regarding the Kashmir issue, not being a political issue, but a social issue. So I want to uh, ask, I, 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 I was just curious, um, that was covered extensively. Why is that a big deal to say that it's not a political issue? I mean, why would that piss off Mehbooba Mufti? I wasn't sure why it was such a yeah, big deal. Yeah, it almost delegitimizes the entire issue. Then. Like you, It's almost like saying this doesn't require attention, it requires counsel. Like political attention, it requires counseling, right? It, it completely takes it off the political debate. And then it becomes about the kids here need attention, they need counseling, which is also true. Uh, there's no denying of that, but it is just as much a political issue as it is a social issue. I see. Thank I mean, you. That's my understanding of it. Okay, so um, tell us what should have made news this past week yeah, and didn't. One more thing, uh, Kamran Yusuf got bail yesterday, so that news came in in the evening and that was uh, quite a nice ending to a long, long eventful day. Context? Kamran Yusuf got uh, bail because uh, he had been taken in by the NIA six months earlier, I think September last year, claiming that he was in Kavadi Pelt, so uh, Stone Pelt, he was a photojournalist who would actually go 
from funeral to funeral, clicking pictures of funerals of militants and civilians. And the NIA, in fact, last month said that he was not uh, a real journalist because he wasn't covering government development uh, development activities or uh, inaugurations of government projects. You wrote a piece on uh, that as well, if I remember correctly, right? We we carried a piece on this. We did. We carried a piece yes, on this. Did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And this was the case where uh, the NIA gave a new definition of journalism. What real journalism is? Mm, yeah, I remember reading this. Okay, I'm sorry. Carry on. So, uh, yesterday he's got his bail. I spoke to a close friend of his. Uh, he should be returning to Kashmir in about two days. Um, so, yeah, we wait for Kamran to return to Srinagar and his home. And yes, coming back to what uh, made too much news. Uh, well, I don't think it made too much news. It is well deserved. We all know the farmers' march that's been happening and uh, finished their last leg in Mumbai yesterday. And uh, I just felt like a lot of it got coverage as it's a huge victory for farmers. Uh, Fadnavis has agreed to most of their requests. But I also think this entire sea of people marching should be seen as a sign of a failure of the state, right? Uh, the protests peaked like three days after the state budget was presented. So while it's making a lot of news of the victory of the farmers, I also think it should be looked at in terms of what a disappointing uh, the big yes has come after a horribly disappointing no. Right. I think for once, a lot of people were satisfied with what made news and what should have made news. There was there was convergence this week. <laughs> so, uh, you yeah. tell us, uh, Amit, A, you can just give me a quick, um, not me, uh, listeners, what what you saw at Phulpur and Gorakhpur. And also you can follow that up by telling us what you think should have made news and what shouldn't. Oh. If I may add another question, how did you find the election coverage that you did different from the legacy houses that covered elections? I think I was uh, mostly checking out newspapers because uh, when you're on field, you really can't stick to the television and right. keep watching what's happening on TV. Because nothing is. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So uh, what made news, uh, I, I think that will be very unfair of me to talk about it because I was mostly on the field but what should not have made news or at least should not have been given that much kind of attention by the TV news uh, was Mohammed Shami's uh, uh, wife's, wife's allegations. Hmm. So how I realized that it was overplayed in the TV news because every time I would uh, reach my hotel and switch on the news channels, th- this was the news being discussed or talked about. Mm. All that. So uh, that I thought it was overplayed. And uh, I mean, in, in the week when you have so much news happening across the country, uh, I think, I mean, okay, it's fine, absolutely fine covering such news and giving importance to it. But then playing it on such level. Yeah, wall to wall of that issue seems a little so, ridiculous. It even made it to the front page and print actually in several newspapers. Mm. In Hindi as well. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with that mm-hmm. because in the times when we have movements like Me Too and Times Up coming up, mm-hmm. I think it is very important when somebody is coming up with allegations like these. Mm. But uh, as Rohan will speak after this, 
which would be saying that these allegations the way that the media was covering is was problematic like not bringing it into context not giving the context of what's happening worldwide was problematic but i don't see the problem in the amount of coverage it was given i think it is important so that at least india wakes up to what is happening yeah, you can see the gender divide how how the lady thinks of this yes. news and how the gentleman think of this news hmm okay and then um, and on 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 ground what did you see what what did you observe that was worthy of comment hmm so i was in phoolpur for two days and after that um, i relocated to uh, gorakhpur for the last leg of uh, campaigning as well as the polling so uh, this time the elections in both phoolpur and gorakhpur it is it was all about the reputation of the bjp and especially yogi adityanath and uh, uh, deputy chief minister keshav prasad maurya the context um, yogi adityanath is the sitting mp from gorakhpur and he's been the sitting mp there for the last what 25 years seven terms or something right? oh five terms five terms he's like he, he keeps f- winning uh, he first won in 1998 and then in 1999 with a small margin of 7000 votes and mm. after that he's been winning ever yeah. since that's like since i was a toddler till now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now since he became chief minister and become member of the legislative assembly and mla in up for which you know you have to be a member of that assembly to become chief minister that seat has got vacated hmm. and that is election that's being fought and the second one for the deputy, deputy chief, chief minister he was uh, he he had actually won the uh, phoolpur seat with a record uh, margin so he himself had got 52% of votes polled wow. in that election. and is that um regularly the bjp candidate or he particularly no, has been phoolpur has been quite it, i mean in if you look at the phoolpur constituency it's completely different constituency and historically very important for india's history uh because jawaharlal nehru was uh, uh, mp from phoolpur you had uh, kansi ram fighting from un- unsuccessfully fighting from that seat and there have been similar tall figures so mm. there's a local say in the area that whoever fights from phoolpur seat becomes legend <laughs> i see okay uh, so yeah keshav prasad maurya fought he is the deputy chief minister and so uh, the, the, there are a lot of conversation which happens on the ground for uh, instance for phoolpur one would think that it's a bjp bastion but it's not but the electoral uh, aggressiveness that the bjp commands right now that it implements during the polls be it that momentum uh, that they yeah, carry the, the, be it the nikai elections the local level uh, polls or the mp polls or the by polls they are aggressive every time so when you look at phoolpur what what was happening which was not i, I think i did not refer it in my report is uh, you have five mlas from the area you have chief minister deputy chief minister health minister and then band of ministers who belong from different castes all sitting in phoolpur and gorakhpur campaigning campaigning there hmm. and then the bjp state chief so you know they don't want to ri- uh, take risk at any level that is a message on the other side the because the samajwadi party got into a political understanding with bahujan samaj party people thought that it will change the entire dynamics but and there are, you uh, didn't see that on the ground uh, see uh, my report speaks something completely different than you have uh, prince report by shivam vij he speaks about how the you know uh, the the alliance or the understanding is working as far as i saw things on the ground for me if bsp worker is reaching out to each and every mohalla 
or area locality which has dalit population considerable dalit population i see the understanding working there when you see that you know sp workers carrying the B, uh, B, uh, bsp and sp flag together it's very cosmetic uh, kind of understanding or alliance because uh, obviously sp will like to do that they they want the bsp voter base to shift right right but if the important part is whether bsp is campaigning for sp or not I see. that will only make ensure that uh, the, the vote there's no evidence of that as of now i spoke to people they were saying that uh, sapa wale bahut kaam kar rahe hain aa rahe hain humse vote mang rahe hain baspa wale nahi aaye and there was interestingly uh, only three uh, councillors were uh, of bsp were elected in the last local body polls in ful uh, fulpur and uh, one of the councillors that i met uh, she she is a very young councillor in her early 20s she told me ki abhi dhoop hai na to abhi nahi niklenge sham mein niklenge so that uh, speaks weather um just for our listeners i'll provide a little context why sp and bsp getting together is such a big deal if you read a book called behenji uh, by ajoy bose on on mayawati's rise it was one of the most spectacular rises of any leader in india it is um i mean if you just understand where she comes from the caste she belongs to and what she achieved uh, in a state like up it is spectacular and during that rise there was a very infamous episode in the 90s of her being uh, her and you know her party uh, people being locked up in a hostel i think it was a hostel guest house a guest house it was a guest house where they cut off supply and i mean a whole the sp people kind of invaded that and it, it i mean she was all but beaten up um it was one of the ugliest episodes of indian politics after that mulayam and mayawati and mulayam singh yadav has made some extremely uh, disgusting statements about her as well as have people in her party so this alliance is actually a big deal it's like you know two sworn enemies coming together um, so one can see the desperation to take on the bjp so that's one a more thing for gorakhpur uh, so i i in fact started my copy uh, with this note only so i was speaking to a, a few voters where yogi adityanath had addressed his last uh, camp pre poll uh, rally so this guy tells me there's two two part to it one is this part where this guy tells me that uh, yogi ji ki sitiya sitiya hai koi le jayega ka hmm. and then he goes on and he was interestingly you know handing over pack of sweets to his muslim customer and when the muslim customer interrupted haider ali was his name uh, he said ki gorakhpur hai gorakhpur mein rehna hai to yogi yogi kehna hoga so that haider ali said this no no the this Achha, guy this guy who who was a hardcore hmm. yogi fan hmm. now for yogi uh, this in, this poll is uh, different because a for the first time ever since uh, his guru started contesting polls the first time any candidate from bjp has been fielded who is not associated with the mat so that is going to make a difference i see and, and context yeah. for our listeners uh, yogi adityanath is the head of a mat Uh, the Gorakhmat, Gorakhnathmat, Gorakhnathmat, which is a very, you know, it, it's the equivalent of I'm not saying in aesthetics and spirituality, but I'm just saying in power, the equivalent of Guru Ram Rahim in Sirsa. I mean, that's the no, kind. No, it's of, it's uh, much bigger than that because. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's basically it's very important. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's and Gorakhpur is called Gorakhpur, and this is a Gorakhnath, whatever mat. So yeah, hmm. that's how big a deal it is. So the last thing is that all of the reports, if you read about Gorakhpur, are uh, talking about how Nishad voters would make a difference. Nishad is a new community which is uh, 
Now, there's a party in uh, Uttar Pradesh, Nishad Party, which is experimenting with the idea of bringing together over 500 sub-castes who also belong to SC category, OBC categories together under the name of Nishad. Now, uh, the reports, including ours, heavily talks about how it has a strong political and social capital in uh, Gorakhpur. 3.5 lakh voters belong to Nishad community. But when I spoke to the leaders of Nishad party, the candidate himself, I realized that it's almost impossible to bring 3.5 lakh voters together. You can't bring 500 subcasts together just under one banner and ensure that they are going to vote for you. Sure. So that factor has been, uh, I think, uh, we, we... We overestimate o- overestimated. that. Yeah. Mm. I see. Rohin... You can tell us any Vishesh Tipuni that you have on what we discussed and what should and shouldn't have made the news. Uh, Amit, just one question that Folpur and Gorakhpur are so important that the voting percentage is very low. 43% percent 43 or 36 ke aspas Folpur. And the other one is that Atik Ahmed, who is with Sapa and Baspa, के साथ सपा के साथ पहले थे और अतीक अहमद बहुत बड़ा मुस्लिम वोट बैंक अपने साथ लेके रख रहे हैं तो उसके वहां के लोगों के बीच अंडरस्टैंडिंग क्या है अतीक अहमद को लेके फॉर अतीक अहमद ही ही इज अ स्ट्रांग मैन हु इज इन जेल राइट नाउ इन देवरिया देवरिया जेल सो ही इज कंटेस्टिंग द पोल्स फ्रॉम द जेल इटसेल्फ ए बी ही इज अ डिफरेंट बैंड ऑफ सपोर्टर्स ऑल टुगेदर सो इट्स काइंड ऑफ रॉबिन हुड ऑफ फूलपुर or uh, rather Allahabad. So you don't mess with him and you support him because he's going to take care of whatever shit you are going through, even if he's in jail. Hmm. So he wields that amount of power. So yes, the Muslim supporters or the voters are on his side despite realizing the fact that BJP is going to benefit out of whatever vote he eats into the Muslim vote bank. And is there uh, some sort of... uh, um uh, understanding on the ground or is it even true in any sense that he's been propped up by the BJP to do exactly this, to divide the vote? See, you cannot really uh, with facts and figures uh, substantiate that he was supported or propped up by BJP but there are indications. Okay. Like uh, if Yogi Adityanath or the BJP government in UP would have wanted, he Atik Ahmed would have never been able to file his nomination. Hmm. It's not that difficult. You just don't allow the officer, because he filed his nomination on the last day. So just don't allow the officer to enter the jail for two hours and the thing is over, over, right? Yeah. So he was allowed to file his nomination from the jail on the last day. His papers were cleared. And then his hearing was coincidentally... Uh, right on the last day of campaigning in the court so <laughs> so he could make that road show huh. so, so there was a series of coincidences, that coincidences. <laughs> huh. so yes right. Atik Ahmed is a factor which will definitely uh, dent SP's prospect in Fulpur and low voter turnout is uh, see if you uh, check what happened in Gorakhpur in 2014 it, the uh, voters turnout in Gorakhpur was 54% mm-hmm. so for Gorakhpur uh, 43% or 44% is fine 36% for Fulpur uh, was a little shocking and uh, it's also because the campaigning has been kind of superficial you have public meetings rallies marches but the door to door campaign was missing on the part of the BJP or, right. or even SP could not reach out the families, the voters in that to that extent. So that enthusiasm was was missing in voters as well. Yeah. So is that a lack of enthusiasm or overconfidence on the part of the BJP? 
See, Bipoles, uh, they decided on the candidates in the last moment, the BJP. BJP actually, which SP and Congress and all other parties should have raised this issue. The BJP has fielded an outsider candidate in uh, Fulpur. Who's not from there? No, no. He he was Banaras uh, mayor. I see. Kaushalendra Singh Patel. So... So I mean, uh, the, the, it's about the it's not about the overconfidence. It's about the last moment decisions, and also because you are in power. So it's also, I think jayega. fatigue sets in. I mean, you know, the, the cyclical enthusiasm comes in crests and troughs. You can't always be enthusiastic and you know upbeat. Yeah, Rohan, go ahead. So one story is that law commission or supreme supreme court ne law commission ko bola tha ki ab death penalty pe state se baat karke ek proposal leke aaye ki ispe abolish karna hai ya fir ham log jo death penalty de rahe hain uspe ye kya serve kar raha hai aakhirkar. To Afzal Guru ke fansi ke baad supreme court ye law commission ko bol raha hai. Aur law commission ne states or union territories ko kai bar letter lik chuka hai abhi tak. Lekin abhi tak sirf do chaudh states ne reply kiya hai jisme se do Karnataka aur Tripura ne bola hai ki डेथ पेनल्टी को एबॉलिश कीजिए बाकी कह रहे कि रहने दीजिए what impact it has it's very interesting debate yeah even i missed this i didn't even know this had happened okay then is pe matlab debate hona chahiye aur jo nahi hona chahiye tha i would say ki amit jo bol rahe hain sami wala lekin usme cherry se bhi meri sehmati hai ki usme matlab jo allegations unki wife laga rahi hain ki unhone apne bhai ke kamre mein unko dhakka diya ya jo bhi jis tarike se media usko play kar raha hai wo bahut problematic hai ki aap uske whatsapp messages jisko aap bol rahe hain aapatti janak bhi bol rahe hain usko aap showcase bhi kar rahe hain gol gol ghera laga ke uske interviews ko aap live is sense mein karo aur jo questions reporters pooch rahe hain wo ajibo garib questions hai wo us pe questions nahi hai ya to aap tv shows mein bhi me too aur us tarike se aap usko kis kisam ke question pooch rahe the kis kis matlab ki kya kya baat hui thi aap hame ye de sakti hain उसमें ये भी बात है मतलब अजीब तरीके से कि आप किसी के पर्सनल लाइफ निकालो थोड़ा उस तरीके से और जो डिजिटल पोर्टल्स हैं हिंदी के खास करके उनके लिए तो एक मसाला है वो क्लिक बेट के लिए कुछ भी कर सकते हैं उसके घेरा लगा रहे हैं कुछ कुछ कर रहे हैं तो इस तरीके के मीटू के डिबेट से आप अगर उसको कोरिलेट करके करें तो एक सेंस भी बनता है so i want to go back to what we started with which is farmers protest i have uh, quite a bit to say about that uh first i don't think the media coverage about it was sufficient hmm. and after giving the context i would like to go into why that is so so on march 6 close to 40000 farmers marched embarked on a long march from nasik to uh, mumbai on march 10th they reached your figure 40000 is from where from the news reports so, okay. uh, the same figure that we carried in a news launch because report. you know i saw everyone was reporting yes. different figures i was a little surprised as yeah. to why there was no concern hmm, carry on so and this is it was on march 10th like 3 days after they started that the big media woke up to this protest that was going on so there were few exceptions both in tv and in print and i want to call them out because they actually woke up before the rest of the channel when channels. they started they had started yeah. covering it hmm. which are those so one was ndtv one was mirror now and in print it was indian express but the coverage among others were just limited to photo ops stand alone pictures on the front page or a tiny little column hmm. somewhere or follow up in the back pages inside pages and this however only speaks about the english press because the marathi press did give 
the due prominence that sure the, i'm sure there must be a big deal it was mm. and that is what i want to speak about it must have made a big deal for the english press as well now coming to the quality of coverage uh as i said standalone pictures and inside page coverage is not enough for a story where there are 40000 farmers demanding something if we say that our economy is dependent is an agrarian economy how are we not covering this so also uh, anna movement um, you know when when the circus was beamed live uh, there used to be about two and a half to three thousand people just to give context mm-hmm. to how many people were there in this one more thing add that in Hindi media there was no news in Hindi media almost and in Navbharat times in Maharashtra tradition it was covered in Maharashtra and in the rest of the photos were also the same the Hindustan photo was also the same NBT was also the same the agency has an aerial view photo so someone didn't report it and cover it only so exactly speaking of the photos also when we talk about 40,000 people marching it makes it just is an opportunity for beautiful photo stories uh like on twitter there were people posting pictures mm. of uh, the mm. callous mm. the callous feet of right. these elderly farmers walking the red flags all these like the different elements of the march make up for a beautiful story and amit and i were just discussing this before uh, the podcast that there was sort of an absence of a comprehensive photo story i was looking at paris uh, website uh, people's archive of rural india and i found there is one story by parthamen but even that even though it has beautiful pictures i find that a depth in a photo story that can speak about the entire march from the beginning to the end was missing hmm. uh speaking about the stories that weren't covered from the protest itself like such a protest could have started it should have been triggered much earlier but could have been a starting point for the media to look at rural india uh if there are people 40000 people leaving their farms behind the kids the poultry the what's happening uh, there what's happening there must there. be so many deserted villages yes, that would yes, be a good yes, story yes, to yes. go back absolutely. and see absolutely mm. so that is what one thing i wanted to speak about in particular that a story that i would have loved to see would have been of these empty farms of the empty households about the kids elderly what's happening there mm. but i didn't see there so uh, as i was saying it could have been a starting point for the media uh that doesn't seem to think of rural india as newsworthy we have discussed this in a previous podcast sure. as to how these episodic snapshots sort of prevents us from comprehensively understanding what agricultural distress currently stands at and as we discussed it could have ranged from personal stories and stories of these farmlands so yeah i think there was a lot more that media could have done uh, do you want to weigh in on any of those things we've discussed nidhi Uh no I no not not it but I had one more thing I wanted to talk about something that made too little news I was expecting you to talk about the Mohammad Shami coverage anyway you disappointed <laughs> me <laughs> No can I can I actually uh, talk about something else that made too little news Of course yeah uh this this is about a journalist called any lobby in Mizoram uh who was brutally assaulted and brutally beaten up actually when she was covering the protest at the Assam Mizoram border area on March uh, 10 that uh, on Saturday okay and according to her while while she was reporting uh the the police of the Mizoram started beating her up despite her showing her ID as a journalist and the president of Mizoram Journalists Association has said that in the last two days police have actually attacked six 
state government's accredited accredited journalists brutally. And none of this has received enough coverage. I saw some articles on Hoot. I saw it on First Post. I saw a small mention on NDTV. But I don't think it received primetime coverage. So one of the scroll articles said that as per state data, as per government data, 32 journalists have been killed or disappeared, never to be seen again in Assam in the last 30 years. And these deaths have hardly been documented or detailed in any any form. Uh, and last December, families of these journalists had assembled and the CM at that point had distributed a one-time financial assistance of Act to the family. So it is not that the state hasn't recognized this. Um, I just think that this, this deserves way more attention because the story of repeated attacks on the pre- freedom of press needs to be said repeatedly. Yeah, right? let's make a note and, of this. I think... We should do something on this. Let's let's start working on it. Let's. I mean, we can talk to Kish. We can talk to uh, uh, Sam, um, Samrat. Um, I think we yeah. should do a story on this. I mean, of course, I don't know whether we I can. I also think that uh, in a situation like this, where a woman journalist is uh, beaten up, right? Most organizations will not take the risk of sending a female journalist to a conflict region. And when an incident like this happens, I think. Uh, women in conflict areas, women reporting from a danger zone need to be assured that there is going to be backing, there is going to be a community that's going to be sta- that's going to stand by you because it's already unfair that a lot of organizations don't want to take women journalists to report in these areas. And when they do, if you don't support them, it's, it's just a sad situation. Right. Okay. Uh, thanks, Nithi. Um, so now, if everybody can uh, just get their recommendations ready. I just had one observation to Amit. You know, the battery of the armored corps and the cavalry and everyone that they send whenever they contest an election. The MCD election in Delhi was fought on the Prime Minister's name. And he, you know, uh, addressed a rally. I've never heard of a municipal election that the Prime Minister campaigns for. Also, when the Gujarat election was happening... Um, pretty much the entire cabinet was in Gujarat and files had to be flown there to get signed because because uh, there was no one here. So I think they take winning elections very seriously, but considering that they um, uh, think that being away from office for the cabinet that's supposed to run the country uh, is acceptable, I don't think they take governance seriously. I'm not saying it's unique to the BJP, but they are way more... Um, aggressive about this than others which is which is tragic and a story that I think should have been done at that time and we didn't have the resources to do it because uh, we don't have anyone you know covering parliament and ministries in that depth is how many cabinet ministers attended office in the run-up to the Gujarat election I, I'm sure it would be dismal not just run-up to the Gujarat elections but all the bipoles that are happening like this is, uh, please weigh in if you disagree. The bipoles I see as a way for the Congress to sort of come in now that they have almost been wiped out of everywhere. Bipoles are their opportunity to come in. But BJP knows that and sees that, and which is why they're taking all these bipoles seriously. Sure. So, Nidhi, let's start with you. What's your recommendation for the week? Um, I'd like to recommend this piece on Mukta called Pop Art and Patriarchy, an interview with the creator of Feminist Doodles. It's a Facebook page. The creator is based in Beirut, and she actually started with making Arab uh, illustrations, Arabic illustrations, and uh, I absolutely love the funny, sassy, cocky stuff that she's come up with. And uh, also the interview is really great on how she's taken on patriarchy in a society like hers. So I would like to recommend that. Okay, thank you. Puli Amit? Uh, 
I was looking for some, I mean, better photo essays of uh, Maharashtra Farmers Rally. But I would recommend these two. Uh, a, a, Scrolls photo essay. And uh, the other is on uh, Mumbai Mirror. So these two photo essays, uh, we should look into this. And also because there were few allegations by uh, uh, ministers, of, sorry, not ministers, leaders of a particular party that these are not farmers, these uh, are actually BJP urban... BJP Mahajan said this, right? Uh, urban Naxalites. Hmm, urban so Naxals. Hmm. should look at these pictures and decide whether they are urban Naxals or not. I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, though... दो रिकमेंडेशन है एक स्क्रॉल की स्टोरी है कि किस तरीके से मुंबई के लोगों ने जो मार्च कर रहे लोगों को सर्व किया है फीडिंग दोज हु फीड यू और दूसरी स्टोरी ऑल्ट न्यूज़ की है जिसमें ये बताया गया कि कैसे जब किसानों की रैली चल रही थी तो पब्लिक ओपिनियन को शेप सरकार के पक्ष में करने के लिए किस तरीके से आई सेल की पूरी तैयारी थी ये दोनों स्टोरी पढ़ लीजिए इन विच दूगल ड्राइव गूगल डॉक शेयर So uh, in juxtaposition with the farmers protest I want to recommend the caravan's piece of Indian media's coverage of farmers protest throughout 2017 So using Media Cloud an open source news analysis platform Anushka Shah and Zina Banese they analyzed the manner in which the English press covered the causes and the consequences of farmers protest This included the protest by Tamil Nadu farmers at Chantur Mandir and the Mansour protest where protesters were fired at So while you can read the piece for depth and coverage two things really stood out to me in the piece uh one was media's focus on theatrics like uh farmers carrying rats and skulls and uh and as well as the polit- narrow political lens with which uh, we look at such farmers protest like uh Rohin was mentioning like there is the need to get political input what does this party minister has to say what does this party minister has to say but are we really talking to farmers is it just one farmer who's representing 40000 farmers so i would re- uh, definitely recommend this piece uh, just to say that these again to reiterate that these episodic snapshots prevent us from having a larger conversation okay um the two things i would want to recommend is one is um Swapandas Gupta's piece this weekend on uh, in the Sunday uh, Times of India on Sunday I think it was I think it demonstrates how low our commentary has sunk where um, someone who was a fairly you know good journalist he, he I mean he's not like a lot of people claim to be journalists but he has been a serious journalist and he has done some great writing in his life at the fag end an intelligent pan like him to contort himself into ways to kind of justify the Lenin statue being pulled down was really sad and and I wonder if that is the end of every journalist at the end you just you know sacrifice your entire life's work to to become such a toady the second piece i want to recommend is from the time magazine i the, at the risk of sounding a little cruel i i couldn't help but chuckle when i read this and i i'm not basically i'm i don't think it's funny when someone dies but it it says lightning strike at rwanda church kill 16 and then it says at least 16 people were killed in rwanda and 140 others injured when lightning struck a seventh day adventist church in the country south when when they were praying so i i, I everyone's looking at me like i'm evil i'm just saying you're like you're, like, you're praying and god says boom die all of you like what the fuck i mean the irony is sickening but i i just thought it was i i saw the peace and i was like after this i wonder how many people will go to church but I don't know am I being a jerk I 
w- would you not chuckle when you saw this headline just just saying anyone i don't think it's no one am <laughs> i the I only cruel person <laughs> nidhi it is insensitive no okay <laughs> you would or you wouldn't I won't. You're the only one. I'm the only. Okay. <laughs> all right. So that's settled. I'm the only cruel person in this office. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your comments and for your wonderful reporting. Uh, let's hope we can send these people out. These young journalists uh, do more stories from the ground. Um, thank you for joining us. Do subscribe, support independent media, and do join us next week on Reporters Without Orders. Thank you, panel. Thank you. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hold up. 